we, I'm going to be honest with you guys. We've got some ground to cover. We've got a little bit of ground to cover because, of course, um, I'm not too far removed from Bible college, so there's a lot of lessons and thing I've, things that I had to learn. And we're going to be covering the book of Jonah, which is not a, a very long book, but it's hard to just kind of pick apart to stop and then, and then be done for the morning. So we're going to actually pretty much cover the entire book of Jonah this morning. So don't, don't worry. We'll, we'll follow along. We'll go together. But I'm saying that to encourage you this morning that when you get home, please go through and reread that today when you're home. It's, it's only a few chapters, but it's an, an awesome story. And I'm sure many of you, when you hear the, the name Jonah, if, if anyone's bold enough to shout out, what do you think when you think of Jonah? Anybody? Whale or a fish, right? We think of, that was the dude that was swallowed by a fish. It was, maybe it was a whale because are fish really that big? I don't know. But that's kind of what we think of. So this morning, actually, we're really not even going to go too much into that part. Of course, it's part of the story. But what we want to kind of dive in together is find out how does Jonah end up inside of a fish and then what happens once he gets out of this fish? Because luckily he does. And I, and I think it's interesting, even though it seems like that's such a story that would probably disconnect with us because none of you have probably had to end up inside of a fish or a whale, I'm sure. But there's a lot of principles that we can learn through Jonah's life of how, how he kind of ends up in that situation and what we can learn from it. So we're just going to dive right in. We're going to start right at the beginning in the book of Jonah. We're going to be in chapter 1, and here's what the first three verses say. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatti, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose, and he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them, away from the presence of the Lord. So it's a really quick opening. Jonah does, the story of Jonah doesn't really waste a lot of time. All of a sudden, we jump in. God speaks to Jonah. He says, hey, Jonah, I want you to go to this great city in Nineveh, and they're doing all these bad things, which normally we, what we can kind of understand from the Old Testament, Jonah's probably a prophet, so he's someone who hears from the Lord and goes somewhere specific to tell them about God. And usually when God says evils come up against them, that probably means that Nineveh is a city that is, is worshiping false gods or not following the one true God. So that's probably what is going on. So it says, Jonah, I've appointed you. Can you go ahead and do that? And for whatever reason, it doesn't give us a reason why at this point, but Jonah decides, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to get on a boat and I'm going to probably head in the other direction, which is kind of weird. But I think for us sometimes, as we'll kind of get into it, I think there might be some times in our lives that we may be able to think of that God has called us to do something or told us to do something. Maybe it wasn't to go to a, this great city and preach necessarily. But if you are following God this morning, I'm telling you that he speaks to you and he speak, spoke through you. And there's probably or maybe been some times where we've been a little bit hesitant or a little bit worried or afraid to do what God has called us to do. Now, again, at this point, we don't know why Jonah's deciding he's not going to do this, but we will find out together. A couple things. Really, we know Nineveh. He just says it's a great city, so we're just assuming that there's a lot of people there. It's a big, big city, and so that means Jonah has been called to, to reach a lot of people by God. And again, it's a city that's obviously not worshiping him. So Jonah flees. We don't know why, and we're going to now see Jonah's on a boat with these men heading in the other direction, and we're going to kind of see what happens. It says, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship threatened to break. Then it says the mariners, or you can think fishermen or sailors, they were afraid, and it says each cried out to his God. 
They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But it says Jonah was gone. He was in the innermost parts of the ship. He had laid down, and he was actually fast asleep during this storm. So the captain comes down. He says to him, basically, what are you doing, dude? Do you not know that there's a storm going on? Why, what are you doing asleep? You got to get up and call out to your God. We're all calling out to our gods. Nothing's happening. Can you help us out? Perhaps that God will give us a, th- a thought to us, and so we won't die. So basically, it's pretty straightforward here, right? Jonah's deciding he's not going to do what God has called him to do. God decides that, well, that's, that's not really good with him. So God sends this storm. The storm is raging on, and it, these mariners or these fishermen, they're freaking out, as I'm sure many of us would probably freak out if we were in the middle of the sea and, and things were going crazy, right? Like, I have a... I'm, absolutely terrified of the ocean. I've never been in like lower than waist high. And yes, I know that people die more from vending machines falling on them than a shark attack, but it's just not good enough for me. I'm like pretty sure if I go too deep, I'm going to get eaten by a shark. So I don't go into the ocean. So I can imagine if I was on this and I, and this was going crazy, I would absolutely be terrified just like all of those men. But the key is here is there's one big difference that we're about to learn between these mariners, and it was mentioned, and Jonah, which kind of gives them a different reaction. And so what happens, we're, we're skipping a, just a couple of verses, but what happens is the captain keeps talking to Jonah. He's like, hey, dude, who are you? What's going on? We all know each other on here. We know you jumped on. Like, what? you got to tell us what's going on. And so here was Jonah's response. So Jonah says, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. It says, who made the sea... This is key, and the dry land. Then these men, they were exceedingly afraid. They said to him, what is it that you've done? For the men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because Jonah had told them. They said to him, what shall we do that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more crazy, really. Jonah said to them, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great great tempest has come upon you. So what's the big key here? We've got one person who follows the one true God, the creator of the sea and the dry land, and a bunch of men who follow all these different types of gods. So while they're all panicking and they're freaking out during this storm, there's a calmness to Jonah. You know how I know there's a calmness? How can you calmly say to somebody during a storm in the middle of the sea, yeah, you need to throw me overboard. Like, it's my fault. Okay, like, ah, I've messed up. Like, just toss me over and things will be good. And when I read this, I'm kind of like, dang, Jonah, like, couldn't you have offered to jump off yourself? Like, he said, no, you got to pick me up and throw me over. Maybe I'm not going. Like, I don't know. But what happens here is what we learn and what we can kind of see through this, because in case you didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of you maybe do, There was one other character in scripture that hasn't happened just yet because we're in the Old Testament that during a crazy storm on a boat was asleep below. Do you guys know, remember who that was? Let me know. It's Jesus, right? The the son of God, Jesus himself, who's going to come in, of course, in the New Testament at the beginning. When the disciples were freaking out and a storm was going on, Jesus was asleep and this very same thing happened. Now, of course, I'm not saying that Jonah is Jesus. Obviously, he's not. But there's two kind of principles we can take away from that. We know that Jesus was calm during the storm, right, because he was Jesus. He was the Son of God. Jesus could stop that storm whenever he wanted to because he had the power of God flowing through him and in him. Jesus was not worried about dying. He wasn't worried about anything happening. He basically just had to get up, talk to God, and say, stop the storm, and the storm would stop. 
Now, Jonah might not quite be able to do that, but Jonah, even though it's key, he was running from God's calling, Jonah was, did, was not running from his faith. So that's key here. Jonah might, was running from what God had instructed him to do, but Jonah had not lost faith in God. He still said, I'm a Hebrew, I fear the Lord. So Jonah seemed to understand that what he needed to do he knew it would not add to the storm. Now, probably a part of Jonah knew that if he did what God called him to do, the storm would cease. But in our lives, I think there's times we're in this position where there's bad things going on, there's storms going on, and and we can kind of understand maybe what we need to do to not add to the storm. Because I, I can't guarantee just because you always do the right thing, the storm automatically stops. But when we're following God and we're doing the right things, when we're going in a relationship with him, when we're doing those kinds of things, we know that we're not gonna just continue to add to that. That could look like a lot of different things, even simply in conflict. If you're a parent in here, if you have kids or grandkids, right, there's times when they're upset, they're screaming and they're, and they're yelling about whatever that might be. And you know that if you handle it, if you're patient with your kids, if you handle it the right way, if you talk to them calmly, maybe instead of yelling at them, that maybe things will get better. At least you know that you're doing all you can for your kids. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where you're in conflict with somebody at work or somebody you know in your, in your neighborhood. You've been arguing back and forth. And maybe you know, you know what, if, if I just do the right thing, if I don't continue just to feed into that dysfunction, then eventually things will probably get better. Or at least, again, I know that I'm handling it in the right situation, right? Because we find ourselves in these spots in life, right? And I hope it's not just me. But we find ourselves, if we're whether it's saying dealing with difficult people or just in hard situations where a lot of times we kind of have a fork in the road and we have a choice. Okay, am I going to make the right decision no matter the outcome or am I going to go ahead and go down this way? So Jonah kind of faces this fork in the road and he, he says, toss me overboard because this is my fault. So basically what happens, I'm just recapping this part. When Jonah tells them all these things, the really cool thing here is after seeing this, after Jonah tells them, I serve the creator of the sea and the God, these men who were following pagans, following all these different kind of gods, they end up following the one true God in this story. They call out in the scripture, it says, they call out, O Lord, O Lord, instead of in, in the beginning, remember when they said to Jonah, call out to your God or call out to your gods. So the cool thing here is even when Jonah, obviously not at his best right now, he still has his faith, but he's not doing what God has called him to do. He happens to meet these fishermen just because he's running from God. So he probably wouldn't have if, if he wasn't. And now they gain salvation because of what Jonah speaks to them and what God is doing. Isn't that incredible? And I mean that to encourage you this morning because I think a lot of times we get nervous if God calls us to do something or we feel like some days I don't wake up on the right side of the bed. Some days I'm just not at my best. I don't think I'm going to affect anyone today in a positive way. But man, if we're just able to live life and understand who God is and to live for him, sometimes we do. God is going to do extraordinary things through us when maybe we don't even realize it. Truly. So they fear God and they make these vows. They toss Jonah out into the sea. The sea subsides. And now all of a sudden there's these men. No, we don't hear from them again, but we know that they have extreme faith. It's this amazing little almost side story in what Jonah was actually supposed to do to go to Nineveh. So, so Jonah, again, he, he sees God's hand move through this. So again, Jonah gets thrown off. The, the verse says, the Lord appoints a great fish. He swallows, he doesn't eat Jonah, because I, I always want to say eat, but Jonah survives. So it swallows Jonah. Jonah was in this belly. He was in there for three days and three nights. That had to be quite a story. Like, I feel like when I get to heaven, I'm going to try to meet Jonah and be like, dude, what was going on in that fish? 
because it probably was a little bit stinky and probably a little bit scary. It was probably dark because I don't think fish or whales have lights inside them. Maybe they do. But he ends up in this crazy story. He prays because what do we, what do, we do sometimes when the walls are crumbling in? We're like, I know I, I can pray and, and call out desperate to God. He does this. They figure it out. He says, okay. The fish spits him out. And so Jonah's going to go to Nineveh, and we'll see what happens here. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah now a second time. Again, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah this time arises. He goes to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It says, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, about three days' journey. And Jonah began to go into the city, going about a day's journey. He calls out, and this is what God told him to call out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It says, the people of Nineveh actually, they hear this and they believe in God. And then skipping a couple of verses forward, it says, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So here's the interesting part when I look at this. There's this huge buildup, right, to Jonah going to Nineveh. Jonah runs from God. God appoints this huge storm. Jonah gets tossed into a sea. He spends three days in a fish. All of that leads up to when he finally gets to Nineveh. He finally does what God calls him to do. Everything works out really, really well. Like, there, there was no hiccups, they didn't say, the guy didn't say nobody punched and beat Jonah up. Nobody tried to stone him. Nobody yelled, because all those things can happen in the Bible sometimes. Nobody yelled at him. The people of Nineveh were, weren't angry. They were like, oh, for real? God's going to send a disaster? Like, okay, we'll, we'll follow him. So they do the same thing almost as the, the mariners before, and they decide to follow God. It's like easy peasy. It's like, why, why did we just go through the first couple of chapters for Jonah to do all this crazy stuff for, they're like, you know, we're used to, like, I'm an action movie fan. And usually, right, there's this big climax and there's this struggle and good finally beats evil. But in this, it was really simple. Jonah was like, God said this. And they were like, cool, let's do it. And it's like, I, does, the, does the story end there? Are we done this morning? But we're not because now we got to figure out why in the first place was Jonah so unhappy, so unwilling to do what God had called him to do? That, that's what this, the rest of this is about. And for us, now we get down to a heart issue because God, and when Jesus came, it was always about in here first, right? Because in here, that kind of determines what we do outside, right? So if our heart is not right, our actions usually are not right. And if our heart is right with God, usually our actions follow suit. God is always kind of worried about what's going on in here. So we got to figure out now, why in the world did Jonah do all this? So we'll find out together. It says, it says this. It says, this actually displeased Jonah exceedingly. It says that Jonah was angry. It says he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee. For I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, abundant in steadfast love, and and relenting from disaster. Now those things don't seem like you would be angry about those, but we'll see. It says, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. So the story takes a really, really weird turn. Right? I can remember looking at this, and this is not what I would have expected, that Jonah, Jonah lists all these amazing qualities about God, and he says he's exceedingly angry about them, which really doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, right? Then Jonah's a little bit dramatic. He says, God, just take my life and let me die. We can all be a little bit dramatic sometimes when we don't get our way, right? Like, it's okay. 
I can remember as a teenager, right? Can I sleep over at so-and-so's? No, you can't. It's a school night. I wish I was dead. Slam the door. Like, it's, it happens. Do I mean that? No. Am I being dramatic? Yes. But we've all probably been in there. Jonah's being a little bit dramatic. But it's so weird. It points to a couple of different things. Is that God, or Jonah wasn't worried about what God couldn't do through him. For whatever reason, he, he's worried about or he was concerned about what God was going to do through him. So let me say that one more time. Jonah, he was not worried about what God couldn't do through him. For whatever reason, he was worried about what God was going to do through him. It's an interesting thing. And so there's even a lesson that we can learn from this through Jonah, is that Jonah actually never, ever doubted what God could do through him. He had this supreme confidence that when he ended, if he ended up in Nineveh, even though he didn't want to go, that God, it says in here, that God was going to do all these things, that he was going to save these people. And I just wonder for us this morning is that when, when we have those times when God has called us to do something or, or speaking through us or we're heading into that situation, if we would have the confidence like Jonah would have. Because obviously Jonah is a flawed person. He wasn't the perfect prophet from the beginning. But Jonah never doubted what God could do. There's never a time in this where he's like, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know what God is or what's going to go down, but I'll just do the right thing. Like Jonah just has this confidence because he knows who God is. And what that probably points to is Jonah's probably spent a good amount of time with God, right? I think we can see that. I've seen that in my own life. If I've been spending a lot of time with God through the week, my attitude, my thoughts are a little bit different than when I don't. It's just true. When we think about, when we relate that to different relationships that we have, it's kind of that same thing. But Jonah understands because of the time he spent with God, because he knows who God is, he's going to hear God's voice, and he could see in the moment of God's goodness and his mercifulness. So as we go on, now we've got to figure out, you know, again, why is Jonah angry? When he lists off all these awesome things about God, God is merciful. God's abounding in steadfast love. He's slow to anger. He's gracious. Those are all amazing things that are blessings for us. But in this situation, for whatever reason, Jonah didn't want to see those things. So as he will go on, it says, Jonah, he, he goes out to the city. He sat in the east of the city. He makes a booth for himself there. And he sits under shade to kind of see now what's going to happen to Nineveh now that they've repented. It says, the Lord appointed a great plant, and he made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So the weather was probably like 95 degrees like it's been here. So Jonah gets some shade, so he's probably happy. It says he was, a, before Jonah was exceedingly angry, now he's exceedingly glad because of this plant. It says, the dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm to attack the plant, and it withered. So when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on the head of Jonah. He was faint. And guess what he says again? It's better for me to die than to live. So Jonah, again, he's being a little bit dramatic. But here's, here's one thing I don't want us to take away and be careful of. Because sometimes, right, we hear the song or we think about the scripture. You know, God, you give and take away. And I think sometimes we might think that means, well, God might give you a blessing one day, but he might take it away the next day if he wants to. That's not the kind of God that we serve. I want to encourage you this morning. That's not what that verse means. That's not what that song is talking about. What it's talking about, God is a good God. He gives us blessings. When he gives us blessings, he gives us good things. He doesn't just decide, I'm going to take it away the next day because you're being bad. We don't serve a dictator God. We serve a good, loving God who gives us blessings. He takes away our hardship. But in this moment, we've got to understand that he's specifically right now trying to teach Jonah something. 
Jonah has got something going on in his heart, and God is, God is using this imagery, this random plant, to teach Jonah a lesson. And it's a lesson for us that we need to understand as well. So the scripture goes on and says, But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? Jonah says, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die again. And the Lord said, You pity the plant, this is important, for which you did not labor, you did not make grow, which came into being in the night and perished in the night. The Lord said, Should not I pity Nineveh, this great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people, for which they did not know their left hand from their right hand? Basically meaning because they didn't know God, they didn't follow God, they basically really knew nothing. He says, Should I not pity these people? So what, Jonah is try- or what God is trying to explain to Jonah through this plant imagery is this. God decided out of his goodness he was going to make that plant grow and give Jonah shade. And then because God created it, because God knows this plant, he decided to let it die and send something to let it wither and die. And what he relates that to is to this people group in Nineveh. He says, look, Jonah, I've watched them grow. I've seen them from when they were at a very young age. I've loved them. I've seen the goodness in their lives, but they're not following me. They have abandoned me. But I'm deciding that I'm not going to give up on them because God, he shows his, his great love for humanity in this verse that even though there's this giant city that doesn't care about God and not following him, God decides I'm going to send one man to go speak through me and, and the city is going to repent and come to know me. So Jonah kind of has this, this pride issue going on, is what we're kind of finding out here. And uh, Pastor Leon and, and the worship team, if you could, you can come up forward. But what happens is what we can see is kind of there's, there's this pride issue that, that Jonah's dealing with. So obviously now what we finally find out after this whole story, because this is the end, is that Jonah... He did not want to go because he was afraid that God couldn't use him. It wasn't that he was afraid that people might hate him or do something to him. But Jonah clearly did not think that these people were worthy of God's love. Jonah did not think that they have not, they have not been following you, God. It's this entire giant city, right? He's read the Old Testament. He's like, I've seen you with cities like this. Destroy them. Like, you should destroy them. So Jonah tries to run, but God decides no. I, I'm going to save this city, and you're the person I'm going to speak through. Almost kind of whether you like it or not kind of thing. Like, I was like, Jonah, you're playing A, B, and C, so you're going to go. You're going to get swallowed by a fish, all this crazy stuff. But God demonstrates his extreme love in this. And so for us, what we've got to understand, because I think I find, found myself in this situation before, where depending on how people looked, how they've treated me, what they've said to me, there's that thought in the back of your mind, like, do they really deserve salvation? Like, do they really deserve to know the great God? Do they really deserve his mercifulness, his steadfast love? Do they deserve that? I feel like I deserve it, but I, I don't know that these people deserve it. Another good imagery maybe that could help us, right? If we, if we think about, there's that stigma, right, that if, if people that have been to prison. So it's easy for us who haven't to look at people like that, to drive by, whatever it might be, and to think, yeah, like those people deserve to be where they are because of the choices that they've made. It, I, I wish I could tell you I've never thought that about another person, but I have, just being honest. And But what we've got to remember in that moment that God, because of his extreme love for us, because of who he is, understanding that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that he sent his son Jesus, who we mentioned earlier, 
to die on the cross so that all of us could have the opportunity to get to know him. We don't get to decide who's worthy and who's not worthy of God's love because in the end, we're probably not really fully worthy either. But Jesus came down to let us know no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, if you decide to follow me, you, you have salvation. You have my goodness. You have my eternal love. That's the kind of God we serve. I hope that excites somebody this morning. And so what we see, a couple of just takeaways from this morning, from what we see from Jonah, that I really want us to make sure that we don't leave this place without understanding. See, even though Jonah maybe wasn't at his best in this moment, we've got to understand that when we follow God, we, we get to be these powerful vessels that God can use to speak to and speak through. And I hope that encourages you this morning. Like God decides to choose, to, to, out of all the, the billions of people in the world, and all these big, awesome cities that are probably better than Saginaw, he decides to use you and me to speak to us and to speak through us to people, to encourage people, to, to share the gospel with people. You don't need a Bible college degree or this or that to do any of that. That's the kind of God that we serve. So what I want you all to understand this morning is, number one, know and have confidence if you're a Christ follower in this room that God speaks to you and he speaks through you. Because I'm sure there might be some of us in here or watching online this morning that feel like I've been following God for this amount of time. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it hasn't. I, I don't feel like I've ever heard his voice. I don't feel like he really uses me. I don't think I'm really good enough to be used. I don't have these talents or these abilities. I just don't know. But I want to encourage you this morning that that is a promise from God. That he absolutely is speaking to you, speaking through you, even if, even if you don't know it. And, and how you learn to help understand that is the more time that you spend with God, the more you're going to understand and realize to understand his voice, to understand what he is speaking to you and speaking through you. Because I can think of times in my life when I, I was kind of still following God, but kind of like Jonah, like not really doing what he called me to do. And I feel like, man, that time, that was such a wasted time in my life. God, I wasn't doing anything for the kingdom. And then now where I am now looking back, I'm like, well, God was doing some things. God was speaking through me at times and using me. And it wasn't just because I was really nice that day and in a good mood and talking with people. It's because the Holy Spirit inside of me was speaking through me even when I didn't know it to encourage somebody and to show God's love to somebody. It's one of the most powerful things as Christ followers that we can do. So don't let the enemy take that away from you and tell you that God doesn't speak to you because he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Be encouraged this morning. The more time that you spend with him, the more you'll get to know his voice. And yeah, it might not be this audible thing that you hear, but God will speak through you. Absolutely, he will. Uh, I can think, you know, an easy example of that is, is with I, I know the voice of my wife, Jacqueline. I know her voice very, very well. If this room had 10,000 people in it, it was loud and it was crazy. And she, I mean, I would have to actually hear it. But if, I, if she said my name, Andrew, and I heard it, I would know that was her out of all those people. And the reason I know that is because she's my wife. The amount of time I've spent with her, the amount of time I've spent quieting myself to listen to her. Because otherwise I wouldn't, right? Other, otherwise somebody could say my name and I, I don't know who it is. I don't know who they are. But man, the more time we quiet ourselves, sit down with God, sit down in scripture, the more we're going to know that he speaks to us. Because I promise you, I just don't want anyone to be discouraged this morning and let the enemy take that away from you. Because I know I felt that in my life, and maybe some of us in here have. But don't let him do that. If you're following God, 
in this room this morning. He speaks to you. He speaks through you. The second thing for those of us who are Christ followers in the room or watching online this morning is even though what Jonah was doing, he had absolute confidence in what God was going to do when he called Jonah to speak to these people. Even though Jonah didn't want him to do it, even though Jonah didn't want to see God help these people, he didn't have any doubt that God was going to use him in a powerful way. So that's number two this morning is be encouraged and know that if God is speaking something to you, if he's telling you to do something, even if it doesn't look exactly the way that you think, understand that God is going to do that very, very thing. God is going to do that in a powerful way. Have confidence in that. Because sometimes we get in our own way. Sometimes God's trying to do amazing stuff through us and we're just too nervous or we're unsure, whatever it might be. Or maybe we're maybe God calls us to somebody we just don't want to talk to or we don't think is deserving like Jonah. But if we just have confidence and trust in God and understand who he is, the creator of the land and the sea and the creator of you and me, have confidence that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. God is a good God this morning. No matter what you may have experienced or what you may have God is an, a good, loving God. He would not have sent his son to die for us if he wasn't. Amen. And then, of course, the last thing is this. If, if, if you're in here, again, or watching online, if, if you're not currently a Christ follower, if, if you're kind of right now like those mariners on the boat, when storms happen in life and you're, you're going crazy, you don't know who to talk to, you don't know what to do, understand that just like what God did for that city that wasn't following him, Jesus came down and did for the entire world. Jesus came down. Sin was ugly. We couldn't seem to get past it. Jesus came down and said, you know what? Let me take care of that. He died a horrible, gruesome, awful death, but he did it so that we could make a choice and to follow him. So this morning, if that's you, all you have to do is just, just spend a minute with God. If you need to close your eyes, wherever that might look like, and you can make that decision right this morning, no matter what you came in doing, or no matter what your weekend maybe looked like, that you can decide, I'm going to follow God right now in this moment. All you have to do, the Bible tells us we cry out to him, we confess our sins, we tell God we love him, we tell him, I believe in you, I believe that you came down, you died on the cross for my sin, and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. If you take that first initial step, you're now a Christ follower. You now get to see that mercifulness. You now get to live in that in what God has called us. It doesn't mean that life's always going to be easier. Life's always going to be perfect. But now you get to fully experience and, and start to understand what it is that God has called you to do. Because God has called everybody in this room to do something. I don't care if you're in here and you're 100 years old or you're 8 years old. God has still has plans for you. You're here for a reason. You're not just here by hap happenstance. God's got something for you. And if we spend time with him, we'll, we'll learn to figure out what that looks like. So I just want to close today. If we could, if, if you need to bow your head and close your eyes, or if you want to stand whatever, or stay where you're seated, whatever you want to do as we close, I just want to, in our own, individually, obviously together as well, but just spend, spend a minute with God and thinking about one of these few things. Number one, Ask God if you've struggled to, to understand or to hear God's voice or to have confidence in knowing that he's speaking to you. Spend a minute right now and just speak to God and say, Lord, I know you're a good God. Would you just speak to me? Would you speak to me this morning? Would you speak to me this week? And help me through the busyness of life, through the craziness in life, 
to take some time away and to listen. Number two, take time with the Lord and have him help you to receive some confidence this morning in your life and what it is that God has called you to do. Because maybe you don't know what it looks like right now, but pray when that day comes, say, Lord, when that day comes or whatever my next thing is, God, I just pray that I would have full confidence in what it is that you're asking of me. Whether you're telling me to go and to preach to a great city or you're telling me to walk five feet and pray with my coworker, whatever that might look like, just ask God, give me full confidence this morning, full confidence to know that you are a good God and you are gonna do exactly what you said you're gonna do, which is live in peace, to have that comfort, what God kind of gives us even when the waves and, and things are going on in life, that we wouldn't get always too focused just on ourselves, but understand the mission that God has called us on because we are on one. Even though life is hard and the craziness going on, God has called us to encourage people, to love people, to love him, to listen to him, and, and to do amazing things. Absolutely, for every single person in this room. You don't have to be up on a stage with a microphone. That's, that's, that's not what that's talking about. God's gonna do absolutely, absolutely amazing things in and through everybody in this room. So this morning, let's just decide that we're not gonna get in our own way. We're not gonna doubt God. We're not gonna kind of give ourselves roadblocks, but we're gonna go ahead and go after God because there are gonna be times when we slip up like Jonah. There's gonna be times when we're unsure and, and I understand that, but think back to this story. Think back to what God did in Jonah and say, you know what? I might be where Jonah is this morning, I might be really unsure, but you know what? God is good. He's a loving God. That's a promise. And he's going to do amazing things to and through me this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time together. God, we thank you that we can be encouraged by your word. Lord, we thank you that even though sometimes we may find ourselves in a situation like Jonah where maybe we're not at our best or maybe we're doubting what you're trying to do, that you are a good God above all else, that you demonstrate your absolute love for humanity. Through us, you speak that to us and to those around us. So Lord, I pray this morning that we would be encouraged, we would know that you speak to us, we would know that you love us, and we would have confidence in what it is that you have called us to do. We love you, Lord. You are absolutely, absolutely amazing. And we pray these things in your name this morning. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Be encouraged. Take, take some time today. Jonah is not very, very long of a book, but it's, it's great. There's some parts that we had to go through a little bit quick, so I encourage you to read through that this morning and be encouraged. If you decided, uh, whether online or here, if you decided this morning to make that decision to follow Jesus, if you could just text the word believe to the number, uh, it's 989-287-7725. The reason we just do that is because we wanna help you walk through that journey of faith. We wanna, we wanna help you know where to get started, know what to do, and just encourage you and walk together because as a church, that's what we're here to do, amen? We're here to encourage each other, to love each other, and help each other. So we love you guys. I pray that God would just bless you and your family. Uh, enjoy the nice weather. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we will see you here next Sunday. We love y'all.